Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Hey there, friends. How are you? I'm on a tiny little getaway with my husband this weekend, and um, everything's closed because of quarantine, but we are just having a great time hiking, and my legs are like jelly. We went on this hike that we thought was going to be like four miles long, and it was like eight, so the struggle is real right now for my poor legs. (laughs) But it's good. It's showing me how out of shape I am. You know, God's adventure awaits and all that. So um, I'm just pulling myself up by my bootstraps here and just recording a little intro. So this is a really exciting interview because the Sisterhood Becoming Nuns cast and I have not talked in the last five years. It's been over five years since the show aired. Recently went public on YouTube. And so now you can watch all of us spilling our guts on YouTube for free. You're welcome. And you can see all six episodes of me and all of the other young women from the Sisterhood Becoming Nuns. So you can check that out. If you have already binge watched the show and you're curious about what we're all up to, you're about to get all of your questions answered. Um, This was you know, there's five of us. Maybe we weren't able to answer all of the questions that exist out there in the world, but we did our best. And there are apologies. There are tears. There's um, we're answering your questions, which a lot of people ask, you know, how much of the show was real? And what is consecrated virginity like? Or what's our spiritual progress been in the last five years? So we're going to be answering all of that. Um, as well as the question about my secret desire to be a trash man. It's all coming up right here. Um, But first, I just wanted to encourage you and invite you to come on over to patreon.com slash called and caffeinated for the called and caffeinated community. So you are invited to be a part of this experience. Patreon, in case you haven't heard of it before, is a way for artists to create sustainable income. So for me, in order to keep producing all of this content for free for you that I do, with such joy. I would love to have your monetary support. Pledges start at just $5 a month. That is not much at all. And for all of that, you get access to this community, which we have monthly video chats where we all hang out. And so if you're having trouble finding a community, you know, that's that's there for you. Also, you get access to my secondary podcast called Coffee Sips, which uh, I just actually released an interview with Christy Young. Now she's Christy Porter. That's her married name. Um, She's one of my co-stars from the Sister Becoming Nuns, and we had an hour-long conversation in depth about our discernment. Um, She was the one who ended up actually going to the convent. So we had a fantastic conversation. You can go ahead on over and you can get that and also about 18 other episodes of Coffee Sips, um, as well as free challenges throughout the year and other surprise perks that I throw in there, early access to some of my workout videos, um, you know, just fun stuff that I sprinkle in there throughout the year. So come on over, patreon.com slash called and caffeinated. We have a ton of fun and there's so many perks. It's really worth your time to at least check it out and discern if that is something you are called to do. And I certainly would so appreciate your support. If you'd like to see this show on YouTube, you can see our faces as well as hear our voices. So just look up on YouTube, Stacy Summerow, and you'll find my channel. So that's super exciting, a new development. Also, if you are listening on iTunes, I would love if you could leave the show a review. That would mean so much to me. 
Thanks so much in advance. Great. So we are going to get into our conversation today. Here we go. This is the Ladies of the Sisterhood Becoming Nuns. Enjoy. Ladies, thank you so much for coming onto my channel. This is so great. So one of, yay, it's so good to talk with you all again. So a lot of people ask me, I don't know if this is something people ask you all the time, but all the time they're like, hey, do you keep in touch with the girls on the show? And um, in all honesty, this is the first time all five of us have talked in over five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are looking good. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. great on you, Stacey. Thank yeah, you look you. amazing. Like very, 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 very beautiful. You are so sweet. Yeah. No, I feel like motherhood is like the best diet and exercise plan because you just, Christy's nodding. She's like, she gets it. Actually, keep going. Christy, keep going. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> like, your arms are so toned. You're like picking up babies all the time, you know? Um, Christy actually has a baby. And do you want to? I have oh. an another one on the way. <laughs> Woo! Um, I'm about five months pregnant right now. We're doing September. And we just found out actually on Monday, you don't know this, Stacey, we're having another little girl. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Girls are so fun. Girls, Girls are so fun. Yes. We rule the world, guys. <laughs> That's beautiful. Congratulations. It's so good to have you guys here and to reunite. Can we do like a quick... Um, just like a two minute, this is what's happened in my life since the show. This is where I am now. Cause I know everyone's really curious. A lot of people have been asking on YouTube and it's so fun that the show is getting this new life after five years. I feel like that's so much has happened in my life. So, um, Claire, do you want to start? You want to let us know where you are and what you've been up to? I'm in the sunny land of Phoenix and nice. it's actually above 100 this week, which normally would not be so keen on that in the end of April, beginning of May. Wow. But because hot temps are probably not to our advantage for killing germs, I will just we'll roll with it. <laughs> nice. Amazing. I, I moved here in summer 2016, so coming up on four years, yeah. to work at a large parish in the East Valley of Phoenix. And never thought I'd land in the desert, never thought I'd land in this side of the country, but it was totally a God thing and it's been an adventure. Awesome. So I had someone ask me, cause you were planning on going to the convent after the show. Did you ever go to the convent? And if not, why, why not? Maybe that's a big question, but sure. what, what changed your heart towards um, consecrated single life? So post show, I did go back for the next step visit at the sisters of St. Joseph, the worker in Kentucky. And that was a retreat weekend with just me and them, right? No cameras, no extra people, just a chance mm -hmm. to get to know them in more of their normal setting of life, mm -hmm. which was delightful. And while I was there in that retreat, asking the Lord in prayer, lead me to what you want next, I started to get that same answer that I had received over five years previous to that every time I visited a convent, which was, this is not your destination. However, this time the Lord said, this is a an important stepping stone for you, but this is not your destination. And I basically <laughs> looked at him and said, there's been a pattern. Okay, what is it you're trying to tell me through this pattern? Because I've been assuming convent this whole time, uh, these like last five years that I knew I was called to belong to you. But maybe I'm supposed to be open to other forms of consecrated life that are not so well known and that I have never looked into seriously before. And so mm -hmm. it was honestly on that retreat visit that I knew I was supposed to be open to learning about and looking into other forms. 
And as soon as I started to read up on the history and spirituality and identity, consecrated virginity lived in the world. It was like this chord just played like a chord, like it, like a chord got played in my heart and it never, the resonance never stopped. Like it just kept reverberating. And so I went home from that retreat with this little seed of knowing I was supposed to explore that and be truly open to it. And that seed just kept putting down roots ever since that time. Like it was steady. Mm -hmm. So that's so cool. I think consecrated single life slash consecrated virginity is something that is so misunderstood or just like people like I'm, you know, honestly, I don't understand what a call to that would look like myself. Um, it's not something I ever felt called to, and it's not something that I would really understand what a call looks like. I've interviewed um, someone who's a consecrated single on my podcast called Encaffeinated and got a much better sense of it then. But can you just say like what, what your life as a consecrated single person looks like and just, you know, why that's like fulfilling and exciting for you? If I could sum it up, it's, it is very much modeled after the spirituality of Our Lady because you're, she's virgin and mother, but she also mm-hmm. was called to live in the world. She wasn't called to live out that call in a convent, as beautiful and, and good as that is. It, it's kind of a complementary. I don't think of it as a competitive mm-hmm. form of consecrated life, but a complementary one. So mm-hmm. I have lots of friends who are married women. I have lots of friends who are women religious, and I share something in common with both of them because mm-hmm. there's a, a very bridal spirituality to this. There's... When you're consecrated as a virgin, according to the ancient rite of, of, for this particular form of consecrated life, it's just like a wedding. In fact, my, I'm a, I've been a candidate for the last several years here working closely with my bishop because it has to be mutually discerned with him, this form of consecrated life. And my consecration date is set for this August. So that is my wow. wedding day coming up in a few months. I'm literally dress awesome. shopping. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. So, so you, cool. so you put, a, cause I've seen this done before you like put on a wedding dress and you actually have like a, a wedding basically. Right. And you have a wedding, comes. you have a wedding. It's for the whole awesome. diocese and all the faithful are invited and you receive a veil and a wedding ring and you're constituted as a, sacred person in the church just a reminder that all of us are headed toward heaven where where we're all the bride of the lamb yes yes which is really cool because i actually um when i started discerning religious life i didn't understand this but the the calling of a nun or a a monk is to be living out your heavenly state already because in heaven there will be no marriage and so you're already living the heavenly life and that's why it's not um considered a a vow in the same way as as marriage is um, and so that's really cool. It seems like it's sort of similar to that, but you're basically just living in the world. And when it, when I heard that you were, that you had chosen that, I thought my first thought was like, that is so great for Claire. Cause I feel like you're so self-motivated and you're so independent and you have such a, a go-getter attitude. Like you are so good at just starting things. I was like, that is perfect for her. I could totally see you doing that. So I'm really happy for you. That's awesome. Thanks. A lot of my family and friends had a similar response, actually. And it was one of those, my, the best way I can think to describe, a, describe when I started um, really looking at this was it wasn't an experience of, oh, I, that river over there, I want to get in it. It was, oh, I'm already like living this spirituality, this experience, and now I have language and, uh, and a way to understand it. And like, the Lord is inviting me to make it perpetual and formal and official. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And I feel like for all of us, um, 
we were kind of, we went on the show. Well, I can't speak for you guys. I know for myself, I was expecting like a very dramatic call. Um, but like at the end of the day, your vocation has to be very livable. It has to be something that you can wake up every morning and say like, I'm at peace with this. And, and that's so important. We think of sometimes our, our calls being like, you know, burning bush or like God, God's voice in our head. But yeah. often it's just like, like you said, like, I'm already living this. I'm already doing this. Literally why we were all crying the whole time. Because we were like, <laughs> what is going on? I'm like, what is this? Like, when are we hearing anything? Like, we were all so, like, waiting on it every morning. We were like, so why is it happening? Like, <laughs> we were just it's so true. dramatic. And it was so stressful. We were like, wait, but, like, why, not, why is it not happening? Like, we yeah. were just looking at each other. Like, well, like, did you get it yet? Like. Right. Did you get the call yet? Yeah. I know we were babies. Francesca. It was really scary. <laughs> yeah. Chest- <laughs> like, like, Francesca's bring us so many memories. <laughs> it's, it's true though. Jessica, oh. what are you up to? What have you been, what have you been doing? No. Uh, <laughs> I love it. What have you been doing? I know a little bit about what you've been doing. Her laugh, her laugh hasn't changed. It's no. so infectious <laughs> as ever. Wow. Like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yes. I forgot about wow. I forgot about wow. I, I like stop. That's my. That's not my catchphrase. I still say don't <laughs> like on the regular, but not wow. Not so much wow. Uh, more like what because like i'm old but um don't lose that wonder francesca never lose that wonder sorry never <laughs> lose the wow um, exactly oh my gosh jessica so what are you doing what's up um <laughs> um so now i actually it's funny because i'm a liquor sales rep and um, i'm still like performing and stuff like that that's how i got like into the show so i was always like very religious and a lot of people like message me and they're like oh was the show staged um but I feel like what I um always explain is like no the show was not staged like um I think the big difference between me and I think I could speak for a CME too but I'm not sure but um I didn't discern prior to the show um they like more approached me because they had put up like a, like a vague casting. So I was doing acting mm-hmm. before. So if people like look back on my history or look at my, you know, stuff now, they'll see that I'm like an actress. Like I know Stacey, you do acting, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, they had to. a vague yeah. casting, you know, and um, it didn't say it was a discerning thing. But what happened to me was I was really young. I was in school and I got, um, you know, I felt a calling like, why am I being, you know, called in a sense at this time, like to do this show, like what, how, like, I just felt like that was my calling, like in a sense, like, what are the chances me, you know, I've been religious my whole life. I've come from a very religious family. I went to Catholic school my whole life. You know, I'm an actress and now like this show about discernment has like chosen me. I just thought that was like more of my calling in a sense. Mm. So that's why it was a lot of ways. Right. And so I felt like that's why it was so traumatic for me because I was like, I've never thought about being a nun until now on TV at the same time. (laughs) Also, my skin was at its worst. I didn't even have acne as a teenager. And I have acne now. 
like, and now I'm on national TV. So it was like a lot of traumatic things happening. I had just graduated college, like never thought about being a nun. Now I'm like, am I supposed to be a nun? Like that wasn't like, I, I never thought about that before. Like really? Like, so I really had to like think about it all of a sudden. It was yeah. like, it would be like, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. It'd be like if, if all of a sudden like a major life decision just like came right in front of your face and you had to do it on TV. And I really was considering it like for real. I was like, oh my God, like what are the chances of this? Why would I be chosen? I thought maybe God was trying to tell me something. And um, I always say this, even when I meet guys and I have to explain to them, like if you Google me, like this is going to come up like FYI. <laughs> um, I have to tell them. Like, I mean, they, like, they, they ask about, oh, what, you know, oh, you're an actress. What's the biggest thing you did? I'm like, oh, I did a show for Lifetime. <laughs> I know you sell liquor now, though. Like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I, 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 I'm like, and then I, I really do feel like it's still in the cards. Like, I mean, I do think that, like, if, I don't know. I feel like if I don't ever say I'm never going to be a nun, like, I don't really think that that's true. Like, I think mm -hmm. that if I really do ever feel like, um, it comes up again, then I would never just not do that. I'm still very religious. Mm -hmm. I still go to church all the time. Like, you know, I don't think selling liquor or like being a sales rep, you know, is not, like is preventing me from doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I still well, feel like I'm just really young. Yeah. You came on a mission trip that I organized actually, which was really cool. I so this it. is my little, yeah, that was really cool. She, uh, so Francesca came to Ireland. So, um, not to jump ahead or anything, but I ended up working for the Carmelite sisters for the aged infirm, which was the first order we visited on the show. Um, sister Peter Lillian, who was the one who was like in episode, I feel like it was episode one. She was like, Carmelite sisters look so good for their age because they know how to take care of themselves. And then she was like, <laughs> laughed at herself. She's like, the whole thing is a joke. She's like, don't put that in there. Do not put that in there. I love <laughs> yes, so I remember that. I remember yeah, that. She was so funny. Well, she called me up. Um, after I had discerned out of religious life and she offered me a job, which was perfect timing because I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And so I ended up working for the Carmelite sisters for five years. And wow. part, part of that time was part-time, part of it was full-time, but I ended up organizing mission trips with them. And I love them so much. I love those sisters. I still keep in touch with them. Um, and yeah. And Francesca came on one of the mission trips, which was in Ireland to their original, um, uh, well, it was a, it was a 12th century castle. So, you know, it was sick. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Eight miles. <laughs> south Dope, of right. Did you guys yeah. take pictures? Did yeah. This was pictures? years ago. Yeah. This oh, was we have a lot ago. of pictures. Yeah, I think you're on the website, Francesca. If anyone That's wants to head. check it out, I don't know. So I texted sister Mary Donovan, who was the vocation director after yeah. sister Maria Therese. Yeah. Sister Maria Therese was on the show. Then sister Mary Donovan came. Anyway, yeah. I texted and her and I'm like, Yes. Big switch. So Sister Maria Therese is now in Ireland for all of yeah. those fans of the show who love her. And Sister Mary. Yeah. So I don't know if the mission trip is happening. I know. I love her. I don't know if the mission trip is happening this year. Um, but if it is, you can check it out. CarmelitesSisters.com slash salt dash program. Um, I am not organizing it this year. I have bowed out of that, but I was doing it for about three years, yeah. three and a half years. So yeah. I yeah. highly recommend it. It was yeah. great. Like we, you know, we did essentially like what we did on the show at, with the Carmelites. <laughs> so we like did a lot of, you know, like the arts and crafts stuff, like we, which we did at, like, without cameras. Yeah. Without yeah. cameras. 
Yeah. So it was yeah. great. So if you are watching this and you watch the show <laughs> and you want to like do something similar and you're like, yeah. I really love like, you know, we did like work with the elderly and it was yeah. so nice. And the sisters were so nice and they cooked for us. And like, it was, a, mm-hmm. it was like the same experience, but it was obviously no cameras and we got to, you know, wake up and do the retreat part. And, um, it was so good to have time to explore. It was, I highly recommend it was so, and yeah. I didn't wear makeup and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it's so beautiful and meaningful. And all of our young women who come to the mission program, really, they don't know what's the, what they're going to be experiencing, but they fall in love with the residents. And it's just a lot of quality time and you end up feeling like you've gained so much rather than given so much, even though you go into it thinking you're going to give a week, you end up feeling like you gained a week um, and so much more besides. So yeah, it's a beautiful experience and it's an awesome opportunity. We've had um, at least three young women, maybe more, enter with the Carmelite Sisters as a result of that program. So it's a great place to discern, but you don't have to discern religious life. But for anyone, I've had a lot of people reaching out being like, how do I discern religious life? And I'm like, I got a mission program for you. So <laughs> check it out. Yeah. So, um, so, oh, Francesca, before we leave your little update, um, I wanted to just say, I'm so sorry that you lost your father a couple of weeks ago. That is, um, so sad and terrible. And I hope it's okay to bring it up and just say that I'm really yeah. sorry. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Been, yeah. That was because of COVID. Yeah. 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 Thank and you. he was pretty yeah. sudden, right? He was, yeah, just, that was, yeah. um, he was young and, um, it was, it was just a nightmare. So anybody else that's, you know, going through COVID stuff, um, I'm so sorry. And I'm praying and the prayers have been amazing. And I don't know what I would have done without everyone that was like, you know, so supportive, like sister Peter did call me, you know, when when that happened. And um, yeah, it's just been horrible. That's also why, like, if you're not directly affected by COVID and you're home and safe, like just take that as a blessing. And like, try to enjoy being inside even though it's horrible in its own way and everyone has their own suffering like just really count your blessings and enjoy your family time and like really take Mm -hmm. every moment to just be grateful because Mm -hmm. there are like actual people dying even if you're not seeing it like yeah it's horrible so prayer is so powerful and like I'm really grateful for my faith because it has kept me so strong during this um, it has been everything. Prayer is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was very, you know, religious and, um, we have a really good priest and like, he was, you know, coming to the house and like, you know, passing mm-hmm. by with like this really cool. Oh, did he pass by with the like, monstrance? Like, yes, like the wait, Eucharistic? Oh yeah. Yeah. There have been a lot of priests going around, um, neighborhoods with a monstrance with, oh, with Jesus. What is a monstrance? It's like the, the it's where they display. Yeah. It's where they display the host. It sort of looks like a sun, you know, there's like rays emanating out. Yeah. And they'll, they'll drive around in the back of a van. Yeah. Like my mom waits by the window and then like runs outside. I wait, like we wave and I'm like, what are, what is this like a Jersey thing? I'm like, they're not. No, it's going on all over the U S. I remember. Yes. Do you remember the little, to, yeah. the little chapel in the Chicago convent where like mm-hmm. Christy and I kept being out and hanging out in there at, and at the end of the day, like we were journaling and praying and quiet. And then like you yes. came down and checked it out and the monstrance was exposed in there. Right, Christy? <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Yes. And then yes, you had, I remember. You remember? And you had like this big and I, had, I had like, I caught what well, now like that I think about it was like anxiety. Yeah. 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 
And yeah, this was and all off camera, but you were like, oh my gosh, I almost had this, like, an, an, I thought an anxiety attack like I did when I was in mass and the cameras were around. Mm. And then, do you remember that? Tell us the story. Oof, going back to that, because back then, uh, being in a sisterhood, that was actually my first, uh, what we used to call anxiety attack, right? Mm. Um, I remember, like, it was yesterday. I remember waking up out of my sleep and my heart was just beating fast, like beating fast. I, I just got up and I'm telling myself, oh my God, I'm going to die here. I'm going to die here. I'm about to have a heart attack. What is going on? What is going on? And I remember leaving the room and busting into Francesca's bedroom. I and I remember, I remember telling her like, I'm not going to die. Like, I don't know what's happening to me. So she's here trying to relax me and mm -hmm. she's explaining to me what's happening. So in the moment, I'm like, well, I never had this before. So what is this, you know? So moving on during that whole journey is so crazy because I think about it today because mm -hmm. of the spiritual journey that I'm, that I'm experiencing today because I go back and I pick up the signs where God was speaking to me, you know? At the time, I didn't know because everything was a distraction. You know, I, to me, it was just almost like an illusion, right? Because how I got there, it wasn't a coincidence, but it was kind of scary for me because I grew up Catholic. And before I got on the show, I had Catholic, you know, I had nuns that used to come to my house and they used to come just to pray with us. They were really cool with my mom, you know, for whatever reason. And now I think back, it's just, it was all God, you know? So, um, so back then, so they used to come to my house and I remember I was 17 years old and one of them, she asked me, she was like, oh, um, do you want to become a nun? And I remember I had a boyfriend at the time, you know, I'm young, high school. And I'm like, a nun? I'm like, oh, I think so. I'm like, I think that's for me. And little did I know the convent was literally a block away from my house. So uh, I, I was going to the church and everything, but I didn't know that behind the church was the convent. So mm -hmm. me and my mom, we took one, one day, we took a trip. We was like, well, let's go visit the common. You can see how we live and how everything goes. And I was like, okay, cool. Why not? So we go, we visited the convent and, you know, as a 17 year old girl, you're not thinking about becoming a nun, you know, although you're in Catholic school, you're questioning it at the same time. You know, you grew up Catholic, you're in uh, Catholic school. You're around nuns. Is this a calling? But if it is, I'm scared to answer. So no, this is not for me right now. Uh, years later, um, when I got serious about wanting to pursue my modeling and acting career, I was going out to castings and one casting tape that a one of the directors have seen. I don't know what he saw in that direct in, in the casting tape. Um, but he picked up, you know, he looked at my resume. He saw that I was Catholic. And he informed me, hey, we're working on this project. And the beginning was a little skeptical to me because I know what I wanted for me in the entertainment side. And I didn't want to mix that with religion because religion and television is a whole different ballgame. And that's something that I didn't want to touch. So it was, um, it, was very, it was tricky for me in the beginning. So I spoke to my mom about it and we just said, hey, if this is the calling. Go for it. Like, who knows? You know, you know who you are. You know, you're not going to out mean or out differ where you come from you know just see where it takes you so mm -hmm. that's where we went and once we got there back to the anxiety attack when it was continuously happening 
I remember sitting with Claire and Claire, I, I want to say that first and foremost, um, I apologize for not believing, you know, and I remember when she said, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I remember okay. what she said. I remember what she said. That she had a dream, right? That she had a dream that Jesus proposed to her. So at the time, you know, I'm thinking, this is crazy. Like, what? <laughs> What's going on? What? What is she talking about? Like, why am, like, why am I here? You know, God, I'm, I'm turning crazy because... I'm not getting these signs. She's having dreams of being proposed by you. Like, I'm, I don't know what's going on, you know? So little did I know it was a battle with me, you know? And one day after the show, like years later, I had a dream. And I had a dream. I had a dream that God proposed to me. And it was Boy. so... Like, it was so, like, when I woke up, the first person I thought was about was Claire. <laughs> That's awesome. I said, oh, my God. I said, I said, oh, my God. You was with me the whole time. That's what I kept telling myself. God was with me the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, from the very beginning. From the very beginning. So, um, within being in the show, little did I know God placed me. You know, to show me, to speak to me, to whatever you want, you can have it. But what is it that you really want? You know? Yeah. And before putting people, hey, I come first. You know what I mean? And that's what I had to learn. And that's what I've learned throughout my whole journey was it wasn't about people. It wasn't about how I feel about whose journey and how I feel. It was about me and God in the moment. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that now, going back then, it's just, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's a blessing. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's I know so that's cool. something we all kind of commented on while we were even doing the show was how much of a blessing it was to be involved, you know, kind of yeah. no matter what the outcome was, even if it got canned and never went to air, like mm -hmm. the conversations we would have with our taxi drivers and mm -hmm. other people and just the things that were happening among us and within mm -hmm. us individually and together. Like, I think it was such a blessing for all of us to be involved yeah. and to be able to mm -hmm. encounter one another in that moment. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. And little yeah, did I know that yeah. it was anxiety feelings, but what, what was anxiety mm -hmm. to me at the time, it was yeah. just, God's energy, you know, just to stand still, you know, just let me mm. overflow in you, you know? And at the mm. moment, I didn't know how to accept that at the time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'll, never forget, when you, I'll yeah. never forget when you said to Christy and I in the chapel that night, um, you see me, you were like, ah, I thought I was having another panic attack, but I made myself sit here and breathe. And now, so I don't, I can't even describe this, but it's like the biggest wave of peace I've ever felt come over me in my life. Like what just happened? And Christy and I just like looked at each other and looked at you and we're like, that's him. That's him. Like letting you experience and feel how real his presence is here right now. Oh my 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, nothing is as good as his peace. Oh my God. Nothing. And that was a huge lesson. Yeah. Huge oh, lesson on the show was being able to lesson. sit before the Lord. Yeah. A lot of people have oh. asked, you know, is it real? Was it real? Was the reality show mm-hmm. real? And I like to say, I'm like, it was, but not in the way that you would think. Like, yeah. All the things that we did which were external, those all kind of informed the internal, but there was a whole level of internal growth that never made it onto camera. Like what made it onto camera was the most dramatic 2%. And that was real. That was like, it really happened. They didn't like force us to do anything. They never forced us to like do anything we were uncomfortable with, but there was a whole Mm -hmm. level, like it's boring to watch people pray. And so like the real things that happened for me were not, didn't make it on camera. Um, like, but the fact that, (laughs) and I just love that, like, God is so creative, like he can work through so many things because some people I think want to say like, well, God couldn't work through a reality show. It must automatically be fake. Right. Um, even though there's the word reality in it. Um, but But God is real. Well, and this is, yeah. And this is his creativity. Cause I am like, okay, so I signed a contract to be in the convent for six weeks. I did visit a convent on my own before the filming, but I only visited for a weekend. I wasn't willing to commit more than that. The fact that I had to go for six weeks and I signed up to do that. And then once we got there, the sisters had us on their schedule and we did a holy hour and we did mass every day before the cameras arrived off camera. And like, if I was sitting alone in my own room, or if I was signing myself up to go visit convents, would I really have done that an hour, holy hour every day and going to mass every single day? Would I really have had the discipline to do that? And probably the answer is no. So isn't it amazing that just that growth, but that, but that's where the Lord, like, interesting like he started, he started by making me really uncomfortable because for me, that was the first time in my life. Like I'd been Catholic my whole life. I was going to daily mass. I was doing all the Catholic things. I thought it was an amazing Catholic, but really like the, the surrender, like I had never actually surrendered my life to God and somehow like my, oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. To be in that mm-hmm. position of receptivity. It's a very non-millennial <laughs> American Catholic mindset <laughs> because like we're told, you know, to be self-made people, we're told you can be anything you want to be. And, and I love that. And I think that's, yes. you know, true in many ways, but to be, to have an authentic relationship with God, you have to say, I am the handmaid of the Lord, like the blessed mother. I, you know, tell me Lord, like, what do you want for my life? And you have to listen. And he wants you to choose. Like, it's not like you're just this, like, you know, I don't know, um, totally helpless, uh, pawn in his plan, but you also have to start by listening. And that was where I was praying this prayer of surrender, which I give away to everyone who subscribes on my website for free. Cause I just want the world to have it. And I just like, I, I just give it away because it transformed my life. And I was praying that prayer every day. And I was like doing the ugly cry. Like we did every day. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, you know, and, yeah. and I couldn't just get up out of the chapel when I got uncomfortable and walk out, I had to stay. And I had to sit in that discomfort until the sisters, you know, had said that we could go to breakfast. And, and it was through that, through pushing through that sort of that place of like silent discomfort that I really started to actually recognize his voice speaking and to know what that peace felt like. Um, And that was a huge blessing for me. So I always just tell people, they're like, was it real? And I'm like, it was, but like all the things we did, that was a good discernment. I felt like we got a good part, you know, a good taste of the sister's life, but also for the rest of my life now, I have this ability to just know 
the voice of my shepherd. I think Christy, you and I were talking and we talked about that, like to just know what his voice sounds like so that you can discern where he's leading you in the future. And his voice is never to say, you're not good enough. You're, you're not enough. I, you know, you're, you're insufficient. You're bad. His voice is always saying, I love you. I'm taking care of you. You know, to me, you are so beautiful. Like it's always beautiful and affirmative things. And, um, and I had never, it was quite a turnaround it, in my mentality from where I had been before. Cause God was always like kind of the voice of judgment in my head um, right. as opposed to the voice of, of affirmation of yes. me. not affirmation of like, Oh, you've never done anything wrong before, but just like, I love you anyway. Yeah. I love you no matter yes. what, which is so yes. I think to your point and to what AC was saying. And, and I think what all of us are, have been kind of echoing is that you're right. There's this, this knowing our shepherd's voice, understanding that he is affirming us in who we are and where we are, mm-hmm. but then also inviting us deeper. And that's mm-hmm. what Asini had. And that's what Francesca had, you know, no matter where we were coming from, right. um, you know, living a Catholic life, but not feeling like, you know, you had found that place of surrender. Mm-hmm. I think we all had areas to grow and we continue to have areas to grow. And that's where God says, I love you. You are my, you are mine. You are my beloved and you're wonderful and you please me, come deeper. Yes. Come deeper. Yeah. Come know yeah. me more. Walk with me closer. And just understanding that about God, no matter where we go for the rest of our lives, we always, I think, are present to that in a, in a new way because of our experience together. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And that's like some, when... Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Whatever you're going to say. I, I, well, I was going to say, you can talk. No, no. I was going to say, because like you can even say, um, well, they casted it like in a certain way. We were all different to create um, some kind of interesting dynamic. But I think, um, like Asini was saying, we've, we would have never met each other. And I've never been in my life, like even though I went to Catholic school my whole life. And I think we purposely as just humans, we tend to surround ourselves with like, like-minded people. And I think it was really helpful to all of us to mm-hmm. meet each other because yes. it gave us, even though it was like a, one of the harder things, I think that was the hardest part was just like being with each other. Cause we were all yeah. coming from completely different worlds, completely different mindsets, even though we were the same religion, like around right. the same age, like, um, well, that yeah, was, was really like, a growing point. And it, yeah, that, I mean, that totally. me. I, my life changed like, the nuns were incredible. We love them, but they were so nice and they like let us slide more than we let each other slide. And um, when I went back, like I, when I came back to my normal life, like I went to daily mass and then it was a domino effect because I went to daily mass. I met more people. I met people at my church. Like, and then I, like my life changed because of you guys, I think almost more than like Mm -hmm. a lot of other things. That's so interesting. You know what's so so interesting as I was reading through some of the comments on the show um, was that people were very quick to like um, to sort of uh, judge, you know, like people watch something and they judge something instantaneously. But I thought it was so interesting as the show was airing back in 2014 that a lot of the drama that happened with the five of us, um, people would be like, oh, these girls aren't serious about discerning because nuns would never like say those things. There wouldn't be fights. And the nuns who were on Twitter and the nuns who were on social media were like, "Um, this is actually very accurate. (laughs) You get a group of women from all over the world. Like when you enter a convent, you've got women from all different backgrounds. And it's real. I mean, 
I'm, I'm married now. And my husband <laughs> and I are like, we're, we're about as homogenous as you could get as far as upbringing background, just like the way we think about things. Um, and still there are, there are rifts there that we have to communicate about. There's ways where right. it's like, you thought mm -hmm. this thing and I thought this thing, it's just like, there's never going to be a time where there's like, you get even two people together without conflict, let alone five, let alone 20, you know, yeah. and, and certainly the real sisters on who I've heard from, who have, I've talked to have been very like way more merciful about that than a lot of sort of this, the, the atheists or the, well, I don't even know who watched the show that, you know, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. religion they are. Some people will say I'm an atheist, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But like, you know, there's people who are like, I'm a, I'm a Christian and these girls aren't serious or whatever. And I'm like, well, actually there's a lot of draw, you know, there's, it's, human we think back to like saint paul writing right saint paul had to write letters to like the corinthians and the ephesians and he would say in those letters this is in the bible people he would be <laughs> don't be taking camps like i am for paul and i am for whoever else and i'm for whoever else like he's like don't be like that because that happened in the early christian communities and these are the That's people who so literally true. knew jesus right these are the people yeah. who like got to see jesus and they were still so divided smart. No, thank you, but no. <laughs> sweet. It's just no, but like, I it's love just, like the way you like make things like relevant like that. I love that. It's so good. But you know what? In all seriousness, like with people, when it comes to judging, right? Like it's such a serious disease that people carry, and little do they know. You know, it's a disease because if you're really in tunes with if it's just you and God and nobody else, the next person's whatever they're doing shouldn't affect you. So for any feelings or any words of not of God, it only says one thing. It says mm -hmm. that you feel that for yourself. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you could allow these words to come out of you, how did it get in? So how I take that with judgment I before, you know me, out of black. In your face. <laughs> no, me. Oh, what you said? <laughs> but now that I know that it's just me and God, yeah, I can't. This is this is my world. This is, this is me and God. So we're in control of our happiness. We're in control of our joy. So if one person feels, oh, she, she got an attitude. So she ain't Catholic. <laughs> oh, she she rolled up. Why does it matter? Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because no, exactly. we all have to understand that God brought us here all uniquely mm -hmm. and all with love. There was no separation of you're going to be like this, but I love you. And you're going to be like this, but I love mm -hmm. you. No, he brought us all here the same, you know? So it's not yeah. their fault because we've been told lies, you know, to where the truth has been blocked from us and the truth is God. And a lot of people don't know how to talk about that because it is uncomfortable. People say, well, there is a guy and why this is happening. This is something that we got to ask ourselves because how we present ourselves is how we present to the world. So if we're being judgmental, if we're being nasty, that's what we're bringing out to the universe. So if we're being kind to ourselves and we're loving ourselves and we're like me and you, God, this is what we're doing. I don't care about nothing else. What brings me happy? What makes me happy? What brings me joy? Oh, I used to love to write, but because people used to say, oh, that's not nice to say, so don't write no more. I allowed energies mm. to come mm -hmm. in 
and to disturb that peace that me and God right. already had created. Right. So right. people who are out there judging, it's, it's, you know, it's something that we have to really sit down and reflect within yeah. ourselves because for you yeah. to say these things upon other people that you don't even know, mm-hmm. what does that yeah. say about you? Yeah, I was just reading, um, I think it was 1 Corinthians 14 the other day, and it just really stuck with me. Usually when I read scripture and there's something that just like, bing, stands out, that's something I know I need to pay attention to. And it was, again, St. Paul. I have such a crush on that man. Um, Holy crush. Yes. (laughs) Totally platonic. Let's not get into any weird territory here. I just can't wait to shake his hand in heaven. Okay. No judgment. No judgment. (laughs) No, he's just so, he's just so smart, but he says like in that verse and he's like, um, do everything for the building up, do everything for building each other up. And I've just been thinking a lot about a kingdom mindset and about what that really means. And it's all for building up everything you do on social media and everything you do in your life, you know, like, (laughs) um, yeah, just, just to do it for the purpose of building other people up. And I think as women, we can get really cruel with each other and really super judgmental with each other. And there's a particular like female, like not just wanting to like be right, but just wanting to like eviscerate each other, which is terrible. And it's not good. It is not good. So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah yeah and we're superheroes girls like do you think you're so powerful like especially if we come together like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and it's, yeah. and i think that's just the beauty of it like instead of judging like let's help each other more you know yeah. uplift yeah. each other more because yeah. we need that you mm-hmm. know we all come together for a reason this is all for a reason you know there's things that mm-hmm. individually that we have in common that we have to heal you know, there's some things that we, you know, have a comment that we experienced as a child that we didn't even know. It's for a reason, you know, just everything, everything, no matter what it is, God makes no mistakes. Yeah, totally. God makes no mistakes. Yeah. I want to, before we get too much farther, I don't want to lose you, Christy, because we were doing the update. Christy, what have you, yes. I know, a total like oh my shift God. here. <laughs> yeah. Christy, what have you been up to? Well, um, since the show, I moved home with my family and I was working for a while at a retreat center with the Passionists, who coincidentally, when we were in Kentucky, we got to go visit uh, a cloister. The nuns took us, the yes. sisters of St. Joseph yeah. the Worker, I think, took us to visit. Yep. They're the, the ones cloister. who made the, the hosts, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it was... Mm-hmm. I d- remembered much later. I was like, oh my gosh, that was the passionist. <laughs> um, yeah, I ended up yeah. working with their, the brothers and, and priests cool. um, in, a, in the retreat center here locally for about a year and a half. Um, and then uh, th- while I was there, I met my now husband. So that was really cool. <laughs> um, well, but first you went to the convent. Oh, right. Well, there was that. Yeah. Was, there was, was that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I did. I entered, yeah, with the Daughters of St. Mary Providence in Chicago and mm-hmm. did kind of a similar thing to what you did with Salt. Uh, we did the Real Deal Sister Summer. And um, while I was there, kind of kept up my social media ministry, handwriting letters to people, talking with different mm-hmm. people about their own discernment and where I was at and um, so we, we started the real deal sister summer, which was basically the same thing where they get to experience what we experienced on the show, mm. Sam's cameras, um, and spend about a week in the convent to, to come and live the life and work in our ministry. 
Um, I'm sure other people watching the show are more familiar, but they work with uh, women with physical and intellectual disabilities. So of a wide, wide degree of <laughs> the separation from some of them to others. But um, we had 80 women on campus with us. So mm. I was there and there's one other postulant and we talk about the drama <laughs> that happened on the show and people are like, that's not real. I'm like, you're right, it's worse. <laughs> I love the daughters and I totally recommend people checking them out and, and praying with them and taking time to discern with them. Um, I think that their charism into a providencia, which means um, in your providence that we trust that God will provide everything for us. Um, just like he did in calling each of us to the show. Like he knew yeah. what we needed and who we needed to be with and what yes. we see and hear and feel in that moment. Like his mm. providence mm. is what allowed us to be there and change. I can't tell you for how many years I wanted to like drop my life and go just like move into a convent to figure out if that was what I was called to. Since my freshman year of college, I was like, man, I wish I could just like drop everything and go and figure this out already. But it wasn't realistic because I had bills and I had responsibilities. And, mm -hmm. and some people ask about the show, like, for me, they replaced basically my income. So I was able to, you know, keep my word to my roommate, pay my half of the rent, <laughs> pay my phone bills, pay my debts, you know, my college loans and everything, and not have to worry about that. And I could drop my life and go and be with Christ in that moment and be present to hear and and find out like, okay, is this, is this what you have for me? Mm -hmm. um, so it was really a neat experience for me to be able to extend that uh, mm -hmm. with the help of the daughters. They ended up helping me with my finances so that I could go to the convent sooner. I, I think we ended the show like September or so, August mm -hmm. or September. Is it August? Yeah, something like that. Somewhere in there. I guess it was, yeah, it was like end of August because mm -hmm. I think I stayed yeah. I went back to LA for a little bit uh, to do like my birthday party and say bye to my friends and sell all my things which felt very biblical to me like the rich man sell all your things and come yeah. and follow me and there I was like <laughs> my entire apartment was on the internet for people to purchase like, you're nice. crazy. Oh, she was hey ready guys. she said I'm leaving you're oh, doing it yeah. I felt so bad I had told my roommate I was like even if I discern in I, I'm not going to go anytime soon I came home I was like so about that <laughs> wow. Sorry. So it wow. was, yeah, it was a huge, huge blessing. Sister Beth Ann came out and visited my family over Christmas. And then. That's awesome. There's big fans of her, by the way. She yeah. has a lot of internet fans. <laughs> like, they, they like message me and they're like, what is Sister Beth Ann like? And I'm like, she's exactly on she's camera. She's so funny. That's 100% her. Crazy. Yeah. Love yeah. her. Yeah. Just and, like, tells it like it is. Authentic. Um, yeah. yeah. She's, I totally. love her. Yeah. She just was let wonderful. her show you, like how she said. Yeah. Just let him show yeah. you. Just yeah. let him show I think, you. I think yeah. about that when she said, just like sit in church and like let Jesus love your heart. Yeah. And you don't have to pray. That I think about that every single time I go to church. And yeah. it's a game changer. That is a game yeah. changer. You don't have to pray. I used to always feel pressure at church. Like, wait, what, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And like, I, that, that was a game changer. Yeah, yeah, because letting because letting yeah. you just love your heart is prayer. Like yeah. you know, it's just like it's that's yeah. totally like the simplest, most intimate 
like one yeah, thing. form of it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because prayer is just being in communion with God. It's yeah. listening to him as much as it is talking to him. And mm-hmm. that was one mm-hmm. of the big things for me, discerning out of the convent. I got to this place um, where all of a sudden marriage, future husband, all of that stuff started popping back into my brain. And I was like, be gone, devil. <laughs> like this, I'm in the convent. I'm becoming a nun. Like it was hard enough to get rid of my desire for marriage in the first place. I'm like, don't yes. put that back in my heart. I know. It's like, to me. Cool. I worked so hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so frustrating. I got, yeah. I got physically ill. Like I was nauseous. I felt so awful just try mm. like praying and trying to close that down again and be like, no, like I'm mm. not doing that. I'm in the convent. This is what I'm here for right now. And it became clear that just as I had to be open to religious life when I thought I was headed to marriage, while I thought I was headed to religious life, I had to continue to be open to marriage because maybe that's what God had for me. I hadn't taken any kind of perpetual vow. You know, mm. I had only entered as a postulate. And so when I was in the chapel praying and like going through all this, we went on a silent retreat um, with um, our mother superior and and the other postulant. And I would go to the chapel and I would normally read. I'd have my book out uh, or I'd have my journal and I'd be writing and doing stuff. And and I would get there and sit down and I would like, okay, I'm going to read. And God's like, no, you're not. Put that down. Okay, I'm going to journal. No, you're not. Put that down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would just sit. And that went on time after time after time that I would come into the chapel to pray the way that I know how to pray. And God was like, no, just sit. No, just sit. No, just. And I finally was like crying and throwing a tantrum in front of Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't get it. I'm not doing anything. And it hit me there, right? Just sit there and let Jesus love you. And I was like, oh, wait, right. I'm not doing anything because I can't do anything without God who first does within me, right? He has to love us. And it is his loving that does within us and helps us to, to pour that out and give that to others. And Isini's talking about, you know, walking with God and it's just me and God and, you know, what makes me happy and making those choices about what am I supposed to do with my life? It's not becoming a puppet or a drone, like mm-hmm. Stacy was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's about saying what I want mm-hmm. is what God has for me. Mm-hmm. And understanding that our shepherd loves us and what he has for us is the very best thing, even when it may be difficult to get there. It, where I am now today, I'm happy in my life. But if you told me when I was 20 what I had to do to get here, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. Oh. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> right here is fine. Yep. Um, yes. Because it's challenging. Yeah. yeah. But what God has for us ultimately is the best and it will give us our deepest joy and our deepest happiness. And that's yes. what we talked about and, and argued about on the show, you know, what yeah. want for us. Right. Um, right. And I think that that's what we need to know. And that, that's the takeaway. I mean, where I was at in the comment, people say, well, why'd you leave? It wasn't for you. And I'm like, well, it's, it's going to disappoint you, but because God asked me to <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, why were you there? Because God, why'd you leave? Because God, like mm-hmm. that everything God. Be, exactly. Yeah. Everything God I th- 
to your, to your point, Christy, I think this was my big revelation as we were on the show too, is we kind of have this idea in our minds that God is going to ask us to do something that we really hate yeah. for the rest of our lives. But like if I surrender my life to him, if I really give him everything, if I just like, if I give him everything that I love, he's going to take it all away. And my life is just going to be miserable. And my big takeaway was that what you most want at your deepest, at your core, at your very, your deepest desire is the same desire as God's. There's not a division there. And that has changed my life because what that means is that you don't have to be afraid to give him everything. Discernment is really peeling back the layers of your desire. It's really getting to who you are because honestly, like I've spent most of my life, I still am like not knowing myself. Like I'm a mystery to myself. I don't even understand what I want. And when I was a child, I wanted to be a trash man. Okay. No joke. <laughs> really? I would watch, seriously, I would, because I was homeschooled, so I had, to, I had to, like, be inside doing my schoolwork, and I'd watch the trash men go, go by, and they got to, like, first of all, they got to ride on a, a, a moving vehicle without seatbelts. Second of all, they got to jump off the moving vehicle. Third of all, they got to go wherever they wanted, right? They didn't have to stay inside and do math. And so, like, I wanted to be a trash man. By the time I was 15, I'm like, do I want to be a trash man? No, I don't want to be a trash man. No offense to trash man. They have wonderful jobs yeah. and work, but you know, a trash woman, I guess, whatever. Anyway, yeah. it's like, I am such a mystery to I've myself. I've never seen a trash woman. You might be like the first one of you. I know. Been, like, That's iconic. a good point. That's Maybe a new there's calling. a calling there. Yeah. That might be iconic. Break that glass ceiling. You might become an actual YouTuber. You might become like a famous YouTuber if you actually do that. <laughs> Get like a little like cam, like they get those like GoPros. Don't be ripped. No, it's so going around the neighborhood. Look at that. You could have been like like, a backpack, living my dream. Right, she been, like the first woman owner of like the truck yeah. companies. That, but who? But you see, look at that. Like as a little girl, like something dream. like that brought her joy. You yeah, know what right. I mean? Like that truck. Right, and, know, and as you grow older, if you was to tell somebody, yeah, I'm gonna be a, a truck. The first thing that are you crazy? Judgment. Yeah. Why, why would you do that? But that bring that bring me joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the point is that it wouldn't bring me joy, but just that I thought it would when I was five years old. So I've gotten a little older, and I'm like, I like what I'm doing now a lot better than I would if I were to be a trash woman. <laughs> but anyway. The point is, like, you have to sift and sort. You have to get to that core. Now, you guys are imagining he's a trash woman. This is great. There's a calling there. There's a calling All I'm going to think of Stacey in the back right there. I think you've got your Halloween costume figured out, Stacey. Yes. Totally. Totally. We'll we'll regroup and we'll all be trash ladies for Halloween. There you go. It'll happen. The the next reunion. Well, so, oh, my gosh. How do I even bring it back to a serious place after this? Just that, yeah, no, just that, like, it, as you grow and you become, and you learn more about yourself, you actually learn what you were designed for to begin with. Yeah. And that is your calling. That is what God wants for you. He doesn't, like, you're not going to feel like you're jumping for joy, ecstatic all the time. Like, when I was in labor with my children, I was not, like, especially happy in those moments <laughs> when I was nine yeah. months pregnant yelling for the water super happy. and the oxygen and then the water <laughs> yeah not not jumping for joy but still there was a deep there was a deep peace there and a deep sense of this is what I was created for this is what I this is the mission that I have been given um and so there is that deep joy and that deep fulfillment um and that was my takeaway 
actually, I haven't really shared. I shared that I work with the sisters, but do you guys mm-hmm. mind if I just share like, yeah, cool. So we've kind of been sharing and I think this is a really good, I, you guys, a lot of, uh, most of us have brought up kind of the question of the validity of the show where we hired actresses. Um, and a lot of people know, like I shared on the show that I used to audition full time. I used to be an actress. I toured with Broadway shows. And then um, by the time the show filmed, I had left theater and I'd been gone from that life for a year. It was not bringing me peace. It was not where my heart was anymore. And it was very confusing because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But through this long series of events, um, I ended up moving out to this community on Long Island, which actually was a discernment community. Um, which it's like, what, what does that even mean? It was a young adult community at a seminary. So we had daily mass, we had spiritual direction, we had um, a confession available to us in the building. It was a retreat center. So we just had 250 acres to wander. So I was living in that place and I was really starting to learn um, how to listen to God. And I was building a regular prayer life before the show started. Um, And then, you know, people wanted to know, one of the questions was like, did being on camera affect your discernment? You know, did it mess it up? Um, And I wasn't sure if that was gonna happen. So I actually went to a convent. I went to visit the Little Sisters of the Poor in Queens, New York, um, three times before the filming, because I didn't know if it was gonna mess it up. And I'm so glad I did that because to get that off camera experience was incredibly valuable. Um, And then the show happened and I thought I was gonna be a nun as you know, as the show wrapped up, I was very excited to enter with the daughters of St. Mary of Providence. I know and you I ditched was, me. I know I totally <laughs> ditched you. I was so excited. I really thought because kind of like what you said, Christy, it totally reminded me of myself. Like I feel like I did a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of hard work to try to like get out of the mindset of, but I want this, but I want this, but I want this. And instead be receptive to the Lord. And then I was excited to go be a nun because I saw the the sisters and, you know, I visited the convent before the show. And then I was saw the sister's life and I was like, this is like, I, I love this. I want this. And I think it is a beautiful, it's such a beautiful, such a good life. And there's a lot of days I wake up and I'm like, man, I feel like it'd be a little bit easier to be a nun right now. Like, cause yeah. I have my kids like screaming at me and stuff. So like no vocation yeah. is easy. No vocation <laughs> is easier than another. Yeah. Cause if there was an easier one, we'd all be doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there are some that seem easier. Everyone thinks marriage is easier. It's not. Um, yeah. but anyway, so I thought I was going to be a nun. I was so excited and I continued discerning. Um, and I've talked about this on other episodes of my show, so I'll try to keep it really short. But basically, um, kind of like you, Christy, I got this desire for marriage coming back into my heart. And it was persistent. It kept coming back for, for months. And I was talking to my spiritual director and I was discerning with Sister Beth Ann. And she kind of said, like, you, it's healthy, it's good, it's normal, it's necessary to mourn the husband and the children you're never going to have. And at the time I was like, that doesn't sound like fun. But yeah, I, was like, oh. I was like, that sounds awful. But she's like, it's part of, it's part of the process. And, and so I was, their main image is Mary with a baby. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you want to look at that every day? Seriously. So I would go and pray and like do the ugly cry in front of the sacrament. Anyway, over time, I finally said to God, it was like three months after the show finished filming. And I was like, God, I will be a nun if you want me to be a nun. I will be so happy to do that. I'm tired of being confused. And I said, I'm just going to give you one more month. I'm going to go to daily mass and do a holy hour every day. And if at the end of this month, I still want to be married, I'll just be open to dating. 
not like, you know, we kind of sometimes think in extremes, like, you know, sometimes on the show, they were like, what does this mean for your life? And we felt this pressure yeah. to be like, I'm doing this. And I think in your twenties, you feel that you feel this like, or in your teens too, you yeah. feel this like dramatic, like I have to go commit. It's like, you can just take baby steps, you know? So I just said to God, like, yeah. I'll take the baby step of being open to dating again. By the end of that month, I felt more than ever this desire. And I started to understand too, that like God wasn't going to speak into my head, like this God voice that I was expecting, because he looks at me as his <clears> child. And what I want for my children, my little Rafi and Zelly, is I want them to be happy. I want them to do something that will make them happy, but I'm not going to like cast them aside if they don't become a doctor or a lawyer or a whatever, I don't know, whatever, a teacher, whatever it is that I think they should be. That's not how a parent loves, or that at least that's not how a parent should love. And so God never said like, this is the plan and you got to do this. Like, no, he wants me to have what my heart wants. And I had spent this time listening and taking action and praying and discerning. And so finally I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to make a baby step in this direction. Um, I ended he up puts those wants in your heart. Yes. He puts mm-hmm. them there. <clears throat> he yeah. wants them for you. Yes. It, and it's not put there because, you know, because he wants to frustrate it. So anyway, I became open to dating and in about um, four months after that, I met a young man who was really attractive and we <laughs> we ended up getting so we started dating two months after we met we dated for three months then we got engaged we just like we knew it was five months after we met that we got engaged so the first time he met my family he asked my dad if he could marry me like he came to stay for the weekend and it was like he didn't get to meet my family until five months after we met because I was on Long Island. My family's in Virginia and he was living in Pennsylvania. So we had to call I remember when you met him. Cause like they saw you in the city or something. I don't know how we saw each other. Really? Wait. Yeah. I don't remember why we saw each other or how, but That's I remember so we saw random. you in the city and you were like, I met him and like, he lives far away, but like, I really like him. I, I do, Yeah. And I remember, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember talking about it. I'm like, oh how come that isn't my story? Why didn't I get to like leave and magically meet my husband? What? Isn't yeah. that? Well, you know, I know it's so easy to like compare our lives. Yeah. I was so lives. excited for you though. I remember I was you. like, you gave I was... me like so much like hope and like, it, it just felt yeah. good because mm-hmm. we had been through a lot. <laughs> yes and, I, and there was this feeling of like there's this feeling of like am I so flaky that I can never commit to anything that's what that was what I was worried about was like am I so flaky that I'm never going to settle on anything but then no. when I met him it was this sense of peace and he had discerned religious mm-hmm. life for six years he'd never dated anyone he had never and we're going to do we're going to do an episode on our, our marriage discernment on my YouTube you channel should. Yeah. yeah we're going to it's been yeah. yeah we'll talk about that I love in more content. depth but yeah. Yeah. Thanks, girl. Um, yeah, really. yeah. So we got engaged five months after we met. We got married nine months later. We had a baby nine months later. <laughs> and, then and we had another baby. Like him. Another baby. Like him. Yes. My son, yeah. Raphael, looks just like John. Just like it's weird. It's yeah. crazy. It looks like he just spit, like, and it's like made a baby. <laughs> Literally. Basically, that was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we had two children less than a year apart, which is the most intense journey of my life. And it's wonderful and beautiful. And actually the, the TV show gave rise to a beautiful ministry that I am loving so much. Um, I'm a speaker. So the year, wait, it was like, hmm, let me think about this. It was about a year after the show aired somebody reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you want to be, um, do you want to come speak at the national Catholic youth conference? And I was like, what is this? Like I'd never spoken anywhere. And so, you know, sometimes like 
what you're called to is what pursues you rather than you pursuing something. So this definitely pursued me. So my first speaking engagement was the National Catholic Youth Conference. And so I was like terrified, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld said, like, the worst fear of people is like public speaking. Like it's, they're more afraid of public speaking than they are deaf for the most part. And so he was like, uh, people would rather be the one in the casket than the one giving the eulogy. That was me. <laughs> I was terrified, but I did it. And it actually, um, it has become something that I've, I've just really, really been loving. So I actually have a podcast on discernment named Call Caffeinated, which like we're doing right now. Hello, welcome. And now we're doing a YouTube show. This is one of the first episodes that's going to be on YouTube. So really, Really, yeah, so it's been it's been quite the journey. This is a super quick question. Is it weird watching yourself now? Because now they just released a series on YouTube. Is it weird watching yourself now from five years ago? My answer is yes. <laughs> How about you guys? I think it was weird watching it five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember we were supposed to like be like tweeting along or like commenting live as the show was airing. And I remember yes. putting a picture of myself like behind a pillow because it was the episode where Francesca, Francini, and I <laughs> had a little bit of a, an issue. I forgot that there was other stuff in that episode that my parents oh, then had Lord. an issue with. Like, the whole thing. And I was like, I should sure be like, oh God, please hide. Like, I don't want to see it. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was weirder then, actually, than it is now. Because now I'm a little more yeah. adjusted to seeing myself on camera. But at the time, I was like, I would sit there in my living room alone watching the episodes, kind of like what you said with the pillow, and I would just be like sweating. I'd be like, "What is coming?" Because they didn't show us beforehand. They could edit yeah. us any way they wanted. Yeah, mm -hmm. the editing was rough. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all the editing game when it comes to TV. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. did. I was okay with how I was edited. I feel like sometimes my story faded in the background, and I was completely <laughs> okay with that. All yeah. of us, all of us. You know, is that's the thing that I had to learn when it comes to real life and cameras. Um, that once the cameras are there, it's like once you know who you really are, like nothing can change it. You know, mm. once you're like authentically yourself, it's just who you are, you mm. know, and just learning and accepting that and loving that, mm. you know, and just recognizing whatever, whatever it is that you feel that you want to change. Like that's up to us to want to do it. Mm. Um, looking back at the show, to be honest, I didn't go too deep. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was just weird. <laughs> it was weird just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I think but, watching it at first was like, it was just exciting because we were all excited to see what they were gonna like do yeah. and i think we were all hoping like for certain parts and then like i think a lot of things they just didn't put in i don't know i feel like a lot of things were kind of like low-key disappointing the thing that i'm low-key disappointed about still to this day was that day we dance in the rain that they always use for promo and they never put it on and i was like that was like yeah. so fun that and i feel so like we fun. all we bonded and we had a great day where is so that much place? fun? I don't think release it. It was a great day for all of us. We had so much fun. They and wanted the drama. They wanted I the drama. I loved the moment we had a in the great hallway night. when we were uh -huh. sitting there. And I don't remember who all was yes. there with, yes. but Francesca was sitting there and like kind of freaking out a little bit. She's like, ew, they're so like, like, we're praying against ourselves because we would pray for vocations. And we're <laughs> like, we're praying against ourselves. I thought that was the best thing ever. I will never I mean, We were in that, that hallway. I felt like we were, we're in that like, hallway that day for hours. And what were we, we were, doing? Why were we there? Like, I don't know. There were so many moments like we were like being a weird place for hours just waiting for something. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt, and, and those car conversations, they never put on any of those car conversations. And no. those car conversations were so Epic. lit. Epic. Yeah, and I was like, to have. I want to know what the heck I was asking you guys. We'll take a ride. <laughs> what, like, but Let's now I feel like walk. that's where a lot of the discernment actually happened, though, because yeah. um, we were talking with the sisters. We were just like being yeah. ourselves. There wasn't anybody being like, "So, what does this mean for your life? Like, what does this mean yeah. for your discernment?" Not that they ever asked it in a way that was like super pushy, but you were like put on the spot. Yeah. But when we just were talking, it was like, that was, that was part of the process. That was lit. Yeah. The sisters were there and they were so cool. Claire, was it weird watching yourself? Well, I think part of the weird part is like what you just said, like real, like realizing that only the five of us know all of that massive in between, like all of those like meaningful, significant experiences and moments that would have been the composite whole, but that like literally like, we're the yeah. only ones that know what the whole looks like, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Isn't it weird? The world like just sees the world just sees the most dramatic 2%. And yeah. And they think it happened in that order with that background music playing. Yeah. And you're just like, Nope. <laughs> I start walking. Yeah. The boom like, box going. Yeah. They have <laughs> Claire said, with the music playing, <laughs> like it happened that way. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. They would play like three episodes. I'm like, that all happened in one day. You're kidding me, right? Oh, I'm yeah. like, that was one day. Like, yeah. He yeah. would play the sun setting. I'm like, the sun did not set. That was one day. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. For real. For real. Well, oh, I know I have to let you all go, but thank you so much for this chat, Lee. This has been really fun. We should do it again. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll like get some more questions because I feel like we didn't quite get through. Like, there's just so much to say. We didn't quite get to touch everything. We haven't talked in so long. I I love talking to you guys. I love talking to you guys. It's so fun. Yeah, Yeah, I think we should set up something. I think we should. I don't know. Like, I just have a feeling about it. Maybe like off camera. Let's just have like our own and everyone can just wonder what are they talking about? It's really interesting to see like where we all like today yeah. spiritually, you know, yeah. and um, like just Aww. really not just talking about it, you know, just being about it. So the virtual was, sisterhood continues. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> this was good. Yeah, this I love great. it. Thanks for organizing. Love you guys. You're welcome. Thank you for chatting. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Wasn't that fun? I'm so glad that I got to chat with my cast and take a little walk down memory lane. If you haven't left the show a review on iTunes, please do so. It would be enormously helpful. I know I said that at the beginning, but you know what? It really does help the show get seen by more eyes. And I figure, you know, we all have busy lives. We forget things. So might as well just leave you another little reminder over here. So I'll see you again in two weeks. I'm super excited to release an episode with my husband. We're going to be talking about our discernment of our marriage. So I cannot wait to bring that to you. In the meantime, be well and God bless you. Come on over to stacysummerow.com. If you feel like you need some support, you can sign up for the free Be Not Afraid conference. All the materials are still there for you. So God bless you, and I'll see you again in two weeks.